Welcome to this podcast series Transform Your Life by Understanding Bhagavad Gita. This is your host Dr. Sanjeev Haribakti and I'm here not just because I am a surgeon by profession but because I am a student of Vedanta since 2008 with the blessings of my teacher Guru Ma Samananda Saraswati ji at Samadarshan Ashram. Om Shri Paramatmane Namaha This episode a primer to Vedanta talks about the principles brief concepts and the common terminologies of Vedanta that helps us to better understand Bhagavad Gita. Vedanta is an ancient Vedic school of thought that considers the spiritual knowledge of the universe as the final goal to enlightenment. Vedanta literally means Ved Anta meaning the end of the Vedas. Vedas are the sacred text of the Sanatan Dharma, the eternal ancient Vedic way to a righteous life. The major part of the Vedas almost 80% consists of rituals, the do's and the don'ts, the vidhi nishedh, and this helps us to discipline our life and make our minds capable of understanding and upholding the spiritual knowledge. The final culmination of the Vedas is the Upanishad. More than 100 of them, out of which 10 are considered prime, as Adi Shankara has written a commentary on them. This path of knowledge, also called the Gnana Marga, shown by the Upanishad, is the Vedanta. The Bhagavad Gita is also a part of the threefold text of Vedanta called the Prasthan Trai, which also includes the Upanishad and the Brahma Sutra. These are the three starting points for the Vedanta school of philosophy. Most scholars agree that Bhagavad Gita is a summation or sar of the Vedanta. So to understand Bhagavad Gita properly, understanding the basic tenets and terminologies of Vedanta and its principles are important. So for your benefit, I'm going to cover seven important subjects of Vedanta in this episode. The first and the foremost is the fourfold human pursuits also called the chaturtha purushartha which each one of us yearns to pursue in our life and these are the dharma artha kama and moksha the second subject i'll talk about is the scriptures or the shastra which are considered as the evidence and its six layers the third is the vedic infrastructure the varna and the ashrama vyavastha for attainment of these human goals the four varnas brahman kshatriya vaishya and shudra for the societal harmony and the four stages of an individual life brahmachari grihastha vanprastha and the sanyasa the fourth subject will be the goal of human life the sadhya or the spiritual and the material goals the fifth is the threefold yoga path to this enlightenment which is also called sadhana the karma yoga bhakti yoga and the gnana yoga and then i'll talk about the gnana yoga sadhana which is important for vedanta the threefold exercise of shravana manana and nididhyasana and finally we must understand who is god the first understanding is jagat karta ishwara god is the creator of this world and we can devote to that god as a ekarupa ishwara in one form or one idol 
second is the jagata karanam ishwara god as a cause of this world and we can devote to this lord as the anek roopa or vishwarupa ishwara and finally the understanding is jagata adhisthana ishwara god as a substratum of the universe arupa ishwara the formless god in scriptures ishwara is defined as abhinna nimitta upadana karana ishwara one and the only one instrumental and material cause of this creation so with this brief introduction let us start with the first subject the first subject is to understand the fourfold human pursuits or the chaturtha purushartha the word purushartha means human goals but is also used in other meanings in the shastra like a free will or the choice for us also as an effort or our endeavor our prayatna to achieve something because of these purushartha the human beings become different and superior from other animals or plants the differentiating factor here is the intellect the faculty of our thinking judging and reasoning all the animals and plants have an instinctive lifestyle their entire life is governed by instincts whereas human beings are governed not only by instincts but predominantly by the capacity to choose their future and because of this choice the free will the human being entertains a lot of goals and these are called purushartha they can be classified into four categories the chaturveda purushartha called the dharma artha kama and moksha purushartha let us see them each one of them in a little brief dharma purushartha commonly it is perceived that dharma means religion but according to our shastra the real meaning of dharma is righteousness the right way to do the things or my duty in my different aspects or various roles of my life it helps us to choose the right choice by our free will and is considered to be a very important basis of life in the ancient vedic way of life it is called the dharayate iti dharma dharma is what upholds the society itself and dharma is unchanging it doesn't keep changing and that's why it is called shashvat or sanatana dharma the second is the artha purushartha anything that is procured for the sake of security comes under artha broadly these are the food the clothing the shelter the health all our basic needs of our life our existence and anything that is important for survival including wealth the third is kama purushartha kama means all forms of desires for comfort that is not needed for security but when present they can be enjoyed as in bhoga and when present one is more comfortable or luxurious and all forms of entertainment are also kama purushartha so these three human goals have many things in common and put together they are called preya also called material goals the moksha purushartha or the final then the fourth human goal is also known by the name of mukti or shreya purushartha moksha can be translated as freedom and this is an inner freedom freedom from our slavery with regards to prayer or the material goals like dharma artha kama and moksha is considered to be our spiritual goal which transcends the material realities the second subject that we will talk about is shastra or scriptures shastra means a literature which commands the human beings this vast scriptural literature can be presented in six layers 
The entire Shastra is meant for only one purpose, helping us in accomplishing our four goals, Purushartha. These six layers are Vedas, also called Shruti, Sutra, Smriti, Purana, Itihasa and Bhashya. Let us see one by one, Vedas or the Shruti. The entire Vedic literature is divided into four texts known as the Rig Veda, the Yajur Veda, the Sama Veda and the Atharva Veda. Vedas are not the products of human intellect, but they are the revelations from the Lord himself, Apaurusheya. That's why they are called. And they are revealed to the humanity through the Rishis, who are called Mantra Drashta. Thus, it is also called the seen literature. Because Vedas were never written, the Rishis also transmitted to the disciples only verbally, and the Shishya had to learn by hearing them. And thus, Vedas are also known as Shruti. Vedas form the first and the foremost and the primary scriptural literature and all the other scriptural literature are based on this Vedic foundation only. And that is why our culture is called the Vedic culture. Vedas are considered to be the highest form of evidence. The crux of the Vedas are in the knowledge part called the Upanishada and they form the Vedanta philosophy. Sutra. The second layer is known as the Sutra literature which is in the form of sutra or aphorisms, short instructive sayings. Aphorism refers to a very cryptic statement which contains a lot of ideas in a capsule form, nutshell statement for better clarification. The word sutra has thread as one of its meanings and the literature is also called a thread because it threads the important topics contained in the Vedas. An example is Brahma Sutra. The third layer is the Spruti. Sprutis are generally in the form of poetry or poem and it is a metrical literature. As the word Spruti shows, it is a remembered wisdom. Spruti literature is slightly more elaborated than the Sutra literature and thousands of verses are written by several rishis, for example, Manusmriti. The fourth layer is the Purana, which is further expanded form than the Smriti literature. The very word Purana means, though it is very ancient, it is as relevant even now. There are 18 Puranas and another 18 Upapuranas, each consisting of thousands of verses. The most popular is Bhagavata Purana or Bhagavatam. Others are Vishnu Purana, Shiva Purana, Garuda Purana and others. The fifth layer is the Itihasa, the epics. Itihasa means history-based literature, what really happened derived from Iti. In this way, A, definitely Asa, means it happened. The two main Ithyasa Grantha are Ramayana, which consists of 24,000 verses written originally by Valmiki, and the other is Mahabharata, one lakh verses written by Vyas Acharya, in which Bhagavad Gita is situated. The sixth layer is the Bhashya Grantha. This is the final layer of the literature and it refers to commentaries written in Sanskrit on all the above forms of literature. There are commentaries on Vedas, Sutra, Ithyasa and others. We also have sub-commentaries and sub-sub-commentaries. There is a special methodology called Sampradaya. These commentaries are in the forms of prose or verse. The most well-known is the Shankara Bhashya. The third is the Varna Vyavastha the Vedic infrastructure for the social and the individual needs. The main aim of the strict scriptures is to help the human beings in accomplishing the fourfold human goals. And for accomplishing these fourfold goals, the scriptures provide a particular infrastructure 
and this Vedic infrastructure presented by the Vedas is called Varna Ashram Vavastha. The scriptures say that the material success is important, but it should be equally balanced by spiritual success also, and ultimately what matters is spiritual success. A truly successful person is one who has discovered his real spiritual nature. This infrastructure consists of two schemes, the Varna Vavastha and the Ashram Vavastha. The Varna Vavastha is a social scheme which is meant for the upliftment, growth and prosperity of the society as a whole. It is a macro scheme taking a society into account, whereas Ashram Vavastha is a scheme in which the individual growth and success are kept in mind. Both the society and the individual must also be taken into account because individuals put together form the society. Therefore, a balance has to be struck between the individual and the society. In the Varna Vavastha, the whole humanity or society is classified into four groups or four classes. Each group is called a Varna. And the society is divided into four such groups, which is called Varna Vibhaga. These groups are based on Guna Vibhaga, that is based on personality characteristics, or Karma Vibhaga, based on the profession or the skill. But it is not, was never based on the birth or the Jati or the caste system. The first is the Brahmana Varna which is sattva predominant, a personality in which one gravitates towards spirituality primarily and is involved in scriptural study and teaching. Today, the scholars, the scientists, the teachers, researchers, all of them belong to this category. The second is the kshatriya varana, the pure rajas predominant. This group or this personality is heavily loves activity and this is a selfless motivation. It is not a self-centered activity. They were the warriors and the protectors of the society at one point of time, whereas today, the armed forces, the security agencies, the police, other investigative agencies, they all belong to this category. The Vaishya Varana, the third part, is the impure Rajas predominant, and this personality is highly self-centered personality. So every activity has to produce a benefit for oneself and one's family. They are involved in all forms of business and trade. Today, the businessmen and entrepreneurs belong to this category. And the fourth and the final one is a Shudra Varna, which is the Tamas predominant. And this personality has no motivation at all, either for material or spiritual success. It is a passive, motivationless personality. Today, all forms of labor and the working class belong to this category. The second is the Ashram Vavastha, which is an individual scheme in which the life is divided into four stages. The Brahmachari Ashrama, which is a student life where the education is the focus. The education mainly includes scriptural education because according to our scriptures, the primary purpose of education is refinement of a person, character building of a person. All the other life skills are also taught during this phase. And then they go to the second ashrama called the Grihastha Ashrama, the householder's life, where the emphasis is in the pursuit of artha and kama, the material goals, but this is also based on dharma, the right way to do the things. Vanaprastha Ashrama, the third stage, which is the hermit's life, where gradually we withdraw from the material pursuits and prepare for the spiritual pursuit. Vanaprastha is the preparation for Sannyasa Ashrama, which is a final spiritual education. Sannyasa Ashrama, life of a renunciate dedicated to spiritual pursuit. Sannyasa literally means giving up everything. 
whether one physically renounces everything or not one should surely mentally develop detachment from everything so that that person is ready for self knowledge the fourth subject that we'll talk is the goal of the human life what is the sadhya according to our scriptures the primary and the ultimate goal of a human being is spiritual goal only according to the scriptures all the human accomplishments should culminate in the spiritual accomplishment or moksha without moksha the human life is incomplete and therefore the scriptures keep the material accomplishments as incidental goals and the spiritual accomplishment as the ultimate and the primary goal of life in fact spiritual attainment alone gives a sense of fulfillment at the time of death the next subject is the threefold path of yoga to enlightenment what is also called yoga marga or sadhana so therefore keeping all the goals and especially the spiritual goal of moksha in our mind the scriptures prescribe a course of discipline which is called sadhana when you take to this discipline we are called seekers or sadhaka and this entire sadhana is broadly classified into three levels or segments for the convenience of understanding and practice each level being called a yoga yoga is derived from the root yuch to combine or unite what does it unite yoga unites the sadhaka and the sadhyam the seeker and the sought these three types of yoga are karma yoga bhakti yoga and gnana yoga these three yoga are not presented as alternative or optional methods according to the scriptures all three are important and necessary for all people according to the preference of the individual a particular path may be chosen as a predominant path say for example a person who is so attached to activity and work will choose the karma yoga path whereas an emotionally inclined person will choose the path of devotion the bhakti yoga as the predominant path finally the knowledge path or the gnana yoga is a must for all seekers to attain enlightenment just as when we climb the staircase we have to take step by step we cannot skip any of the steps if we want to safely and comfortably reach our goals let's first talk about karma yoga in short it is a compound word consisting of two words karma and yoga the word karma in this context refers to proper actions or appropriate action and the word yoga means proper or appropriate attitude in sanskrit called bhavana our inner skill or our inner attitude in simple language karma yoga is nothing but proper action with proper attitude karma is not just physical activity as we understand but even verbal activity as words and mental activity as thoughts are also called karma practicing karma yoga will lead to a fast spiritual growth this is called the purity of the inner mind also in sanskrit called chitta shuddhi which is the first step to understanding the divine knowledge of the self chitta shuddhi or antakarana shuddhi can be put in its simplest context that i can understand that all my problems in life are not caused by the world but by my own wrong handling of the world because of my ignorance so the ignorant i handles the world wrongly and hence i suffer if i become the wise i i know how to handle the world better so the ignorant i is the problem and the wise i is the solution and this diagnosis is a result of karma yoga which is otherwise called chitta shuddhi that's why this process is also called an inner engineering the second is the bhakti yoga bhakti or devotion to the lord essentially means love 
with the highest respect that is reverential love for the almighty it is essentially a way to develop a relationship with the god it is a very important method of disciplining our personality and conditioning our physical body verbal conditioning and most importantly conditioning our mind to quieten the mind and to make it more focused peaceful to improve our concentration these are some of the impurities or obstacles which can be overcome by devotion or bhakti and this can rapidly improve our spiritual elevation to reach our goals by creating chitta shuddhi there are many aspects of devotion which can be done by the physical body like puja aarti prasad offering to the god etc verbal offerings such as prayers the patha parayana stotra pathan and the mental offerings such as japa and dhyana meditation some school of thought do not consider karma yoga and bhakti yoga as separate discipline but they combine both as one discipline because karma involves ishwar arpana that is bhakti and devotion or bhakti needs some kind of karma whether it is physical verbal or mental the third is the gnana yoga gnana yoga means a course of discipline meant for gaining knowledge the question arises knowledge of what because knowledge should always have an object and here we point out in the context of gnana yoga that the word gnana refers to the self knowledge or atma gnana the knowledge regarding our own self the essential nature of i the real nature of i or the higher nature of i which is also called para prakriti in the scriptures the real i is called atma the next subject is the gnana yoga sadhana which is considered to be the threefold exercise called shravana manana and nidityasana shravana means hearing so shravana exposes myself to the scriptural teachings handled by a competent and an enlightened guru it should be a systematic study and one ought to listen with an open mind shravan requires a lot of patience as it takes time to understand and assimilate this reality the second sadhana is called manana or reflection during manana i try to tie all the ideas of vedanta and make a garland out of the teaching so that every idea fits into this grand building of vedanta this involves removing the doubts due to previous impressions by using the logic of the scriptures with the help of self introspection and questions to the guru and the third is nididhyasana the contemplation or assimilation of this knowledge so this process of internalization or assimilation of the knowledge and the removal of my habitual behavior is called nididhyasana this involves solving the emotional problems in the light of this gnana this gives me the emotional strength to face any situation of life if the situation is such that i have a choice then i try to improve the situation to the extent possible however if the situation is a choiceless one i learn to accept it and forget it and go for the next one like the bulldozer i face day to day life with an emotional strength which is possible only when the knowledge is the presiding over my day to day life and the final subject for this talk is who is god we need to understand who is god what is divinity devotion cannot be done without understanding the divine scriptures give a three definitions of god depending on the maturity of the seeker and the intellectual caliber of the seeker first the scriptures tell us that jagata karta ishwara god is the creator of this world 
the first definition is for the beginner that god is a creator of the world in sanskrit called jagata karta ishwara it is a simple and an easily understandable reasoning any purposeful and well designed product must have an intelligent being to design nothing is purposeless in this creation and that intelligent creator is a jagata karta or ishwara this is my personal god with a special form either could be ram krishna vishnu or shiva there are so many forms of gods and that's why we worship an idol as a representation of the divinity and this is called ek roop ishwara jagata kar karanam ishwara the second stage is the jagata karanam ishwara god as the cause of the world and once we have grown up sufficiently the scriptures present the next level of ishwara god is the cause of the world the jagata karanam ishwara if god is a creator where is the raw material scriptures point out that god is the karanam the very material out of which the world is created just as a spider creates a web and also finds a material for the web out of its own self since the whole universe is god every form that i see is the form of god hence god does not have one form but all forms are god's forms so he is no more my personal god but he is the universal god he is no more ekarupa ishwara but he is anekarupa ishwara or vishwarupa ishwara and we can see god everywhere in scriptures ishwara is described as abhinna nimitta upadana karana one and the only instrumental in the material cause of this creation finally the third level of understanding is the jagata adhisthana ishwara god as a substratum of this universe once we are ready for the next level scriptures give the third definition jagata adhisthana ishwara to put the other way around god is the very substratum of all the forms or the entire creation which he transcends god is the ultimate reality god is the ultimate tatva behind the creation but he is not affected by them this is jagata adhisthana ishwara and since god transcends all the superficial forms of the creation no particular form belongs to god therefore that god is adhisthana ishwara is arupa ishwara is a formless god this formless eternal changeless attributeless divine consciousness in vedanta is called brahma when i am in the initial stage i have a ekarupa bhakti when i am in the middle stage i have anekarupa bhakti when i am in the final stage my bhakti is arupa bhakti and remember when we talk about the three stages gradually the later one does not displace the former ones it only is of a different dimension the one who has come to arupa bhakti has not lost ekarupa or anekarupa arupa bhakti or formless devotion includes the other two that is why the greatest advaita can worship god in any form thus advait vedanta is all inclusive of all other forms of the dvait vedanta and finally what is the benefit of this self knowledge or moksha you may ask we shall deal with this topic in more details in the next episode called tatva bodha but suffice to say here that armed with this self knowledge or moksha the person knows his inner freedom state and life will become blissful these are the three virtues that we get through the freedom of self knowledge one person can healthily accept all the choiceless situations two person can courageously change what cannot be transformed and third person is able to discern which is which 
With this, we come to the end of this episode on introduction to Vedant. For understanding the Vedant in more details, please also listen to the next episode on Tattva Bodha Summary, a basic text of Vedant for better understanding of Bhagavad Gita. Thank you for listening to this episode in the series Transform Your Life by Understanding of Bhagavad Gita. This is your host Sanjeev. Hope you have gained by the sharing. For more detailed understanding, please visit YouTube channel S Hari Bhakti. It's one word S H A R I B H A K T I, where you will find multiple Adhyaya videos arranged in respective playlists. Or you could join WhatsApp learning group, the Bhagavad Gita study group, where we do a guided in-depth study of Bhagavad Gita over one year period. Do send me an email request on S Haribhakti. It's one word at the rate gmail.com so I can share a link for you to join this group. Thank you.